Love Talk Radio. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. All right. And um, 
you know, you you like a like a legend in the game, a vet in the game. Um, what was it that first got you to do what you do? Um, I started out when I was a kid. I used to sing with a couple neighborhood friends, and I remember one Christmas my mom bought me like a plastic microphone, so I would go around singing, you know, whatever was the latest out there, and even making up some stuff. And then I started singing in church when I got older. And um, back in 96, I was singing Silent Night to my youngest son. And the guy that I was dating played in the band. He was a bass player. And he said, hey, we're looking for a singer. You know, would you be interested in auditioning? And he's like, I didn't know you could sing. And I said, I didn't know I could sing either. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, I went to audition for the band, my very first band. And, you know, here I am. Wow, that's that's amazing. Who are some of the people that influenced you? Oh gosh, my biggest influences. Well, my mentor from my first band, we called him Big L. Um, Big L was a, a big part of getting me started. But I listened to a lot of Etta James, Coco Taylor, Sarah Vaughn, Big Mama Thornton, Billie Holiday, Aretha Franklin. Um, and I listened to a lot of male um, artists out there, James Brown. I listened to Muddy Waters. Um, gosh, I, the list goes on. But those are like my main, main influences for what I do. How you feel like, you know, the difference from music back then to music now? What, what, what have you feel has changed? And if you had the power to change something back, what would that be? <laughs> Um, it has changed, and, and I have to be honest, but, but I know it's a, it's a progress, and it's to keep people interested because music, I feel music changed with generations, and, um, and I've seen that change three times in my lifetime. Um, but I really like blues and gospel, and I noticed blues, they've tried to, and I've actually participated in it uh, at one time or another, trying to add a little hip-hop and rap where um, my oldest son and one of my nephews, um, they were into rap when they were younger. So I, they wanted a blues singer to do, you know, a hook. And I'm like, are you sure you want me? Um, but it worked mm. out like that. But it, it's kind of like they're trying, to, they're trying to reinvent blues. And this is my opinion, my opinion, everybody out there. I don't think blues needs to be reinvented. I think you need to leave it where it's at and just put your own spin on it. So if I had to change something, I would change it back to, you know, what my parents used to listen to or even what I listened to in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. All right. You know, that's 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 real, you know. And and a lot of stuff now like like you're one of the few people that still work with bands. A lot of people, you know, they go to the studio and they let the studio stuff, you know, the, the keyboard and stuff like that. There ain't too many people that still rock with bands, you know. So do you feel that, like, did you did you did not want to change with that transition or you still just, like, you? is there any reason why you still stood with the band-type format? Um. Yeah, you know what? I like that live vibe um, for one reason, um, because I feel the musicians, you know, especially if you have your own band, which I do, I have two. And so they know me. They know my next move. I don't have to, like, turn around and put my hands up in the air. I don't have to do none of that. They can just tell by 
the way I'm singing, how I'm singing it, and how I'm interacting not only with them but the audience. And I think that's important. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I've gone in the studio. I've done, you know, um, many of things, but that's recording. And on my two albums and even my single, that's out, I've, I've told the, um, the producers, engineer, I said, you can do anything you want with the music. I said, but do not tweak my voice. Don't change my voice. Don't do nothing. I said, because how I sound in the studio is exactly how I want the people to hear me sound when I'm singing live. And I think that's important. All right. You got a song, right? It's called Cookout. What was that inspiration? What, what was when you wrote that song? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? I have to tell you, I do have friends that love writing for me because they know me. And Cookout um, is from my first album, and that kind of has like that James Brown feel to it. And um, my friend that wrote it, uh, he's a bass player out of Pittsburgh, Mike Sweeney. He's such a good writer. Um, And, you know, when he presented that to me, I said, this reminds me of, you know, like back in the day, my day, thank you, you know, going out, hearing some music, somebody's playing some records, you know, playing the vinyl and people cooking and having a good time and having fun. And we listened to some James Brown, because like I said, I, I loved listening to James Brown back then. So, yeah, you know, because um, when I heard me sing it, I said, really? That's me singing that? So, um, and it's fun. It, it's a fun song. All right. So we're going to get into that. We have the lady in the building, y'all. Miss Freddie in the building. This is Cookout. You know, we're going to have a good time today on Beach Do Radio on this nice Saturday. Let's get into this. We're going to rock. Let's do it. Him set the table. Listen for that fat bag beat. Then get ready, hey, for a real biggie.
the building. <laughs> you know, songs like that we sampled in back in my day for hip hop, or we break dance to. You know, with that type of feeling. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I I was, you know, as I was listening to that, I was like, I'll get my groove on. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah, it's yeah. that type of song, you know. It It is that type of song that no matter what you listen to or what your style of music, you, you can do something with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just reminded me of, like, Way back when I was younger and, and when hip hop first began, it was music like that. That before we sampled and stuff like that, we would mix and stuff that had grooves like that. You know, that had, mm-hmm. a lot of the original songs had blues and and soul or British rock grooves. You know, a lot of the kids yep. don't really know that to this day. But <laughs> but you yourself, <laughs> did you ever play an instrument or something? Well, I'm going to tell you, when I was a teenager, around about 15, probably eh, somewhere between 14 and 16, I taught myself to play um, acoustic guitar, which I don't play. Um, And uh, I ended up in the high school band, and then I taught myself to play the flute, which I ended up loving. Um, I taught myself to play the violin, the viola. I wanted to play the trumpet. My mother said, no way. (laughs) And so I went to the flute, and I stuck with the flute for a few years, and I stopped um, I stopped playing. But I don't play anything now. I play bongos sometimes with my um, acoustic band, you know, when, you know, the song calls for it, because I have a conga player. But, yeah, that, that's what I do. But I did, you know, when I was uh, locked down, you know, when I was working from home, I did end up buying me a flute. So I'm relearning to play the flute again. Okay. Now, um, you know, you do a lot of traveling. You say you have two bands. What is it to have two bands? You know, like, you know, you know, to have two, you know, for a person to have a two band, that means you're, you're really, you're really busy. Sorry for our dogs in the studio. I had to bring my dogs to the studio. Sorry about that. But, um, but yeah, I want to know, like, because you have two bands, is there any special reason you have two bands? And, you know, what is it like traveling and you was being a mom at the same time? Um, well, <laughs> I'm going to keep this short and simple. I started out with just the electric blues band when I ended up going on my own in 2002, 2003. And then as time went on, people got to know who I am. And I'm talking about, you know, um, promoters, uh, venue owner, club owners. And so, but then it depends upon where I was playing at. Then they, you know, want to know, hey, do you do anything acoustic, like a solo, duo, or even a trio? So that's when I formed um, a duo at first. And then I went on to, you know, the trio. And then I just added about, a few years ago, uh, electric bass player. So it's kind of nice because I have the best of both worlds. You know, with the electric band, there's five of us, and we do the um, the outdoor stuff, the community stuff, the, the blues festivals, um, anything happening in the community or in the tri-state area, Ohio, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania. Um, the acoustic it's a little bit softer side of me, but still some rawness to it. And then we do smaller events, you know, benefit events. We might do something in the church um, every now and then. Uh, so 
it, it's um, it, it's a lot. And every year, every year, like January, no later than the end of February, I always ask the guys in both bands because it's it's not the same guy. There's no crossover. You know, there's the one set and the other set. I always ask who wants to be the band leader. Band leader means you're booking the gigs, you're arranging, um, you know, the music, which that's tough for me. Um, you're finding the music, you're arranging rehearsals, um, you know, you're, you're just getting out there, you're promoting the band, and nobody wants to do it. <laughs> nobody mm. wants to do that. But, see, I'm used to doing it because I'm a nurse too. So, and being a mom, and when you're raising a family and you're working, you learn to multitask. You know, you have to keep things, you have to stay on task. So I love doing it. I mean, it had gotten to the point I really love booking. And a lot of my musician friends in the tri-state area is like, oh, I'm looking for a booking agent. Could you book me, book me? I said, no, not really, because you guys know I have this life, and I really don't have the time. I just love doing it, you know. So, um, hey, I'll keep doing it until I can't do it no more. <laughs> if, if you if you wasn't singing blues and doing what you're doing, what, what, you could, what else career could you see yourself doing? If this uh, well, I'm a nurse. I, I'm, I'm a nurse, right. so I would probably still be doing my nursing until I one day retire. Um, okay. But but I think, you know, if if it came to pass that I had a chance to do something else besides nursing, I think I would want to be, hmm, I think I want to work in forensics like be a lawyer but working in forensics because I love investigating. I love finding out stuff. I love to get, you know, the facts. That's what I love to do if I had that choice to do. Now you got a song, The Bigger They Come. What was the inspiration behind that song? Oh, wow. That was written by Jeffrey Ingersoll. Um, He's actually the uh, owner of Bone Dog Records where I I recorded that first album. And... um, I like it. He presented it to me, and I said, I like this. It's got some nursery rhyme in it. It's got a little biblical thing, and it got the Titanic, you know, so to speak, in it. And um, a lot of people like that because they can relate to it um, biblically and nursery rhyme and just like their whole life scenario. So that's the inspiration why I – and I still do it till this day. Matter of fact, I'm going to do it tonight at my – at my uh, Halloween show outdoors. <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah, that's where that came from. All right. So we're going to get into that. Once again, Miss Freddie in the building. This the bigger they come. We're doing it right on Beef Stew Radio once again on this Saturday. Let's get it, y'all. Yeah. 
Yes, yes. Miss Freddie in the building. Um, you you 
What's the biggest crowd you could say you performed in front of? Uh, let's see. Hmm. Uh, give me a few seconds. Let me think about that for a minute. I think the biggest crowd I ever performed in is right here in my hometown a few years back, the um, New Year's Eve, um, first light. It was, um, I was told it was like, you know, 10,000 people and plus because there was different stages in downtown Pittsburgh. And um, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, it, it was a little cold. It wasn't bad New Year's Eve that, that year. So that was my biggest crowd, I think, that I've ever performed for. Do you ever get nervous before performance? You know, did it, or, you know, do they ever have jet, the jitters and butterflies? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you should hear the story of how a lot of people who know me. So, you know, when I first, rehearse for when I first um, auditioned for my first band. Of course, I had stage fright. And so the band was in one room and they had a hundred foot mic cord. And I took that mic cord, went in the bathroom next door, turned on the water, and then I start singing. And so, of course, they're like, you're in. And then for one whole year, that first year, joining my first band, I sat behind the band with my back facing the band. So I was facing the wall or whatever, and they faced the audience. I did that for a year until my mentor said, you know, you got to come out of that because people are going to, you know, love what they hear. You know, you just have to figure out a way to get out of that. And I still have stage fright. But you know what I do now? I, I pretend I'm sitting in that audience, and I pretend I'm talking to me, and I'm saying, you know what? You need to entertain me. You need to keep me here at least one hour. So you need to give me a show for what I paid for. And it works every single time, especially if I'm in a new environment like venue or a new area, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's okay to have stage fright, but you got to remember what you do is not yours to keep, and that's how I feel. You know, what you do, you're giving back to your audience, you know, for and letting them know this is something you love to do. So. Yeah, I'm still scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that. Now you got the song "Lady of the Blues." What was the inspiration behind that one? Oh my goodness, that's my signature song because, of course, that is my brand name. Uh, I'm Pittsburgh's Lady of the Blues, and that song came out of a friend of mine. He's out of West Virginia, Steve Nestor. He passed away, actually. Um, three years ago, Steve and I met many years ago. I was doing a festival down in West Virginia, I believe in Fairmont, and he came up to me, introduced himself. He, he was a pastor, and he great songwriter. You know, he says, I got all these songs, and anytime you want to collaborate, let me know. And so fast forward about 2016, 2017, early part, you know, contacted him. And I was trying to figure out, you know, a, a song, a title, something, you know, that signifies this is me, this is what I'm all about. And so um, he sent me that song, and uh, when I went out to uh, California, San Jose, to Greaseland Studios, run by Kit Anderson, Kit Anderson co-produced, and so did Annie Santana of Annie Santana and the West Coast Boys. They co-produced it, and when they, I told them this is going to be the title of the CD, and this is my signature song. 
So, you know, do whatever you want. Just don't change my vocals. Like, don't tweak my vocals. Make me sound like it's not me. And um, Mm. so that's where that song came from. So, you know, I thank Steve Nestor. May he rest in peace. Um, And people know me by this song. All right. So we rocking that blues today, y'all, on this Saturday on Beef Stew Radio. You know how we do it. We always play good music. This is Miss Freddie, Lady of the Blues. Let's get it.
I want them to know that it's genuine, no matter if it's an original or a cover, because I make it my own, just like any other artist. But I, what I want them to know is when I do the music that I do, um, I'm trying to reach out to at least one person. If I don't reach the whole audience, I'm trying to reach out to you, you know, that one person, because I'm, I'm going to tell you for the last, like, almost 10 years now, even though I've been doing this a little bit longer, I've had, like, one person, at least one. There have been more, but I know it's always one comes up to me, and they can relate to what I'm doing. It might be something I've said, you know, when I'm telling a story or um, the way I present a song, um, but, you know, it, it, it makes them feel good. They can relate to it. You know, a lot of people, um, it makes them take a step back. So that's what I want people to realize, that I, I'm going to, you know, make you think about things and think about yourself, you know, how, you know, the music that I do is making you feel. Now, what advice could you give a young blues artist that's just getting into the blues game right now? What advice could you give them? I can give them the advice of, um, first of all, stay true to yourself. Know that this is what you want to do because you're going to be leaving a legacy behind you. And surround yourself with people who are on the same page as you are, who have the same type of chemistry. Um, because you're going to come across a lot of people who are going to want to do it their way, and that's fine. That's fine to have different opinions. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're the leader of the band, it's going to be your thing. It's going to be your passion, what you're doing, and that's important. So always stay true to yourself, believe in what you do, and keep doing what you do. And, you know, blues is great. I love doing blues, but I've also dazzled in other things. So if there's other music that you want to try out, go for it, because you've already got the talent to do the blues anyway. Now, how can people, like, keep up with you? How can they get your music or come see a show or anything like that of yours? Well, I have a website, MissFreddy.com. It's M-I-S-S-F-R-E-D-D. Ye.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Miss Freddie's Blues. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Freddie 17 or go to my Facebook page, Miss Freddie, and like my page. You know, check me out, see what's going on. You can find my music on iTunes, YouTube, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Apple Music. All right. Well, um, we got one more song to pick your brain before we let you go. You have a song called Wade in the Water. What was the inspiration behind that? Oh, Wade in the Water is, um, that came out of uh, a friend of mine out of Ohio, uh, Mike Morgan. He contacted me because a promoter, he was looking for somebody, and a promoter guy who had heard of me or knew of me recommended me, and Mike got a hold of me. And uh, he taught me to pick a song, like a spiritual song. And, you know, something, he wanted a blues singer that can really do gospel, you know, like really use my real voice. And uh, so I chose Wait in the Water because as a kid, I remember singing it, and I really didn't know the meaning behind it until I, be, you know, I got older. And I really chose it this year because of what we're going through with this pandemic, all the unrest. Yeah. 
you know, mm-hmm. the unhappiness. I mean, just everything. And I'm like, we need a song that's going to bring us home, bring us together. So that's why I chose it. So him and Jay Vernali, who put down that Hammond B3 keyboard effect, it was great. And then they got a backup singer, Kim Parent. She put it, it sounded like a choir. People are like, is that a choir you have? And I'm like, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very simple song, you know, with the vocals and the instrumentation behind it. it. You know, it made it very simple, but it's very, very powerful at the same time. And that's why I chose that. And that's why it's just, you know, it's just me in a nutshell reaching out to people. Did you get a chance to get out and vote? I mailed my my ballot in when I, I first got it like about two weeks, no, more than two weeks ago, and I mailed it like three days later. And I got the email, confer, uh, email uh, confirmation. Yep, we received your ballot. I said, all right now. So, yes, I did. That's right. I, I, yeah, I did. So, please, everybody, go vote. I don't care who you vote for. Just go out and do it. Make your voice. Make yourself known. Yep, that's right. Well, we thank you. We appreciate you. It's been an honor. We're going to get into that song. But, you know, whenever you're doing some more stuff, we'd love to have you come back down. And when this pandemic go down, you have a New York City hall, and we'd love to have you come up to be on the TV show if you if you if you can. Oh, absolutely. I have family and friends up there anyway. So <laughs> it'll be all great right. to see everybody when all this is over. But thank you so much. And thank you, everybody out there. And thank you for supporting us artists. We do appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks again. We're going to play this, Wade in the Water. This is Miss Freddie, and we're going to get on out of here. Beach Through Radio, this is what we do on a Saturday. So get into this. And once again, follow us on everything. Follow me on Facebook, DJ Big Stew, Instagram, Beach Through 110, and on – and on Twitter, DJ Big Stew. All right, Beach Stew Radio 110 also. So once again, we out of here, y'all. Let's get it.
Trouble the water. 